This is Hans Scheil from the Finishing Well podcast. On Finishing Well, we help you make godly choices about Medicare, long-term care, and your money. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it. Share it. But most of all, thank you for listening and choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And we are revisiting our word of the year as a checkup is i think what andy said and i don't know that i like checkups i don't like doctors none of that stuff anyway but uh we've been talking about our words of the year which we pray for at the end of the year and into the beginning of the year and god honors that and then we let him unpack them as the year goes on and so in the middle of the year we revisit them and that's what we've been doing so anybody got anything they want to add to that I just get a bunch of looks <laughs> from a bunch of people. Sam, I feel your pain, sir. Anything you would like to say? Uh, you Nobody got it. nothing. He's, he's really letting, this, letting your pain happen. I mean, really, anyway. So, therefore, I do what hosts do best. I'm going to play my clip. Um, uh, somebody needs to call Sam, actually. Um, maybe we can get Keith to do that. Oh, he's Actually, I'm on the phone, Robbie. Oh, oh you're just leaving Danny hang out there. Yeah, I see how this works. Um, well, can you hear Danny, Sam? Yeah, I can hear Danny. Okay. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> and ironically, my word for the year was beloved, and I'm not feeling very beloved at the moment. So y'all left me hanging. I remember that. Um, but you know, God gave me that word, and and one of the things I've struggled with most of my life is just not feeling a part of things. And you know, I remember that at an early age. You know, and in school and that kind of thing. And so it's really been hard on my heart with a lot of different things because of perceptions and, you know, wounds and that kind of thing. And so God gave me this word. And I, and I love my friend Robbie there. He, he does stuff with the Hebrew and just enlightens things much better. And so we've done a little bit of that. But the first part of the year has been dealing with stuff with my own earthly father who's he just turned 80 he and i took a trip together a few months ago and you know just had a wonderful time but but there's been so much healing this year with that and and you know one of the classic things that i love if if you've listened to me on this show at all you know i love the andy griffith show some of these guys think it's a borderline of sickness i think you know going to go to andy aa or something you know break off some of that stuff it's not a borderline yeah, it's not a borderline. So yeah, but anyway, I know far more about it than than I care to admit at times. But I, I love the show and I love the father and son stuff. And and this clip is from an episode called Mister McBeavy. And Mister McBeavy is a he's a telephone repairman that Opie meets out in the woods. And Opie has already opened the episode with Opie has an imaginary horse. And so he's pretending he's got a horse, and they have some fun with Barney with that because Barney's always the brunt of a lot of different jokes. But he starts talking about Mr. McBeavy. 
and they think it's just another imaginary character until he comes back with a quarter that Mr. McBaby. And Andy says, where'd you get the quarter? Mr. McBaby gave it to him. Then he comes with a hatchet. And so things are getting serious, so they're thinking Dopey's stealing or whatever, and, you know, Opie don't steal. I mean, y'all seen this show. He don't steal. But anyway, the uh, it, it comes to a head in this scene where Andy is pressing in on Opie. And he's telling him, you know, you got to admit, you know, this is a fictional character. You got to let this go. And that's where we'll pick up the scene. And then the scene ends with Andy talking to Barney and Aunt B about what it is and, and what he says about his son. And, and that kind of thing is just beloved to me. So we'll play the clip. Hope, I want you to be man enough to tell me that Mr. McBeavy is just make-believe. That's all you have to say, and it'll all be forgotten. But if you don't, then something else is going to happen. I believe you know what I mean, don't you? Yes, Paul. All right. Tell the truth. Just go ahead and say right out. Mr. McBeavy is just make-believe. Mr. McBeavy is just... I can't, Paul. Mr. McBeavy is a make-believe. He's real. Opie. Don't you believe me, Paul? Don't you, Paul? Andy? No. I didn't spank him. Oh. Well, that's good. Just not necessary. He learned his lesson. Good talking to is the best thing, making him stay in his room. I didn't do that either. Well, what did you do? I told him I believed him. You told him you believed... But, Andy, what he told you is impossible. Well, a whole lot of times I've asked him to believe things that to his mind must seem just as impossible. Oh, but Andy, this silver hat and the jingling and the smoke from the ears, what about all that? Oh, I don't know, Barn. I guess it's a time like this when you're asked to believe something that just don't seem possible. That's the moment that decides whether you got faith in somebody or not. Yeah, but how can you explain it all? I can't. But you do believe in Mr. McBeavy. No, no, no. I do believe in Opie. Yeah, Andy says there, I do believe in Opie. And, you know, he's talking about believing in somebody. And the way this played into my own heart was that, you know, there's a song that we play at boot camp, When You Run to the Father, and the line that says, I don't have a context for that kind of love. And what I've realized over the past week or so, especially diving back into this word and and with Father's Day and and all the stuff that's been going on, is to be the beloved son, I have to try to find a context for that kind of love. Because what Andy said was, I do believe in Opie. And what I realized is my Heavenly Father believes in me far more than I do. And that's what being a beloved son is about, is, is trying to grasp that concept and, and, you know, we joke around here about being God's favorite. And that that really just kind of hit home this week that, you know, how can somebody be God's favorite? But God is the only the only person that has the capacity to make us all his favorite. 
and treat us like his favorite and pour his, his love out on us. And you're in the story of the prodigal son. When the son comes home, you know, I read a devotional the other day and the guy was talking about how that story is more about the father than it is about the son because the father lavishly pours his love out on a son who has pretty much told him, I wish you were dead. Give me everything that's coming to me. And he's run away and he's, he's squandered all his, all his inheritance on riotous living. And I've squandered some inheritance on riotous living. And, and he comes home broken and beaten and, 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 you know, we were talking earlier before the show about, you know, being near the pig pen, so to speak. I'm an old country boy, the pig pen, the waller or whatever, and I woke up there a time or two. But the dad runs and hugs him, gets his best robe and puts on him, kills the fatted calf, and throws a party. My son who was dead is now alive. Now, that's that kind of love, and and that that's what, is beginning to unpack and and the first of the year has been about more about my earthly father and kind of sorting through some misunderstanding I think that I've had for years and just getting to know my dad as as a friend and as a you know that's been really cool and and it looks like we're transitioning God says now I want you to know me that way and so I'm buckling up for a heck of a ride for the rest of the year and so you know and that leads us to a segue, we have a, a guest, Todd, right? That's right. I got it right? That's right. All right. I get points for that. Y'all <laughs> write that down, will you? And Todd, you, you're here for the first time, and you're going to share a story with us. It kind of suits into that, doesn't it? Uh, that was a great segue into that. And I will say, too, based off of you know what you were just sharing with the prodigal son, I think one of the most beautiful parts of that story is the dad had no idea when his son would come home, right? So what does that say? The dad every day, every day that son was gone, was on that front porch waiting for him to come home. Just until the day that he did. And, you know, you're talking about your focus this year is, is our Heavenly Father and, and getting to know him and, and, and how he looks at us as his children. That's it. He's waiting for us every day. And, and um, you know, I was one of those who, who, like we were talking about, lived by the pig trough and um, I haven't had the, the pleasure of, of working with you gentlemen all year and and focusing on a word or a phrase all year, but if I had the opportunity to do that, I think that would be, uh, my phrase would be, um, allow for the unbelievable. Um, you know, I again, when I was a younger man, I, I found myself by the pig trough a couple of times, and the good Lord has worked in my life uh, and and got me to a point to where, uh, at 35, I went back to school. You know, I was a knucklehead right out of high school, and so I, I, I kind of worked and um, did not go and get my college degree. I went back at 35. I graduated at 40 with a logistics degree, and um, uh, two days after being offered a, a relatively good position that I'd been working for within the warehousing uh, division with the company I was working for, I was approached about being able to go into full-time ministry. And uh, working with my, you know, talking with my wife about that and making the decision um, to step into ministry, uh, we were able to see God work in, in, in ways that we didn't know he was already working in our lives. Um, for example, a month and a half later, um, that potential position that I would have had was cut from a company that cut several hundred positions. And that was never part of my decision-making process. 
Uh, but the good Lord delivered me through that anyways and, and, and saw for my family. And, um, you know, if I was going to use a scripture to back that up, I think I'd go straight to 1 Kings 19 and then look briefly at Elijah. You know, um, this is right after Elijah had just had his showdown with Jezebel's prophets. And, um, you know, he... He had upset the, the, the ballots there uh, within Israel, and she said, you know, I'm coming for you. And uh, it just strikes me as odd that this mighty man that went through uh, all of these works in the name of God would run in fear of another human. But um, we, we find ourselves in those places at times, don't we? Um, you know, we, we forget that the God that we're serving has, has brought us through so many trials already. Uh, and the one that's in front of us looks like it's really big, but but to God, it's just another thing that he's going to pull us through. And so uh, Elijah loses focus. Elijah runs. Um, you know, we discussed about how he stopped on his way out to, to Mount Horb and Mount Sinai at a broom bush um, because there's some familiarity with his history. He knew that Moses had found God at a broom bush, so he found he went to find God and speak to God at a broom bush. Um and, and then God gives him some of my favorite advice in the Bible, and I, and I love this. God said, you know, Elijah, I think you need to take a little nap, have a little snack, reset your focus, because at this prayer, Elijah said, God, I'm ready to die. I'm the last one left. And, and um, his level of anxiety was so high at that point, he was ready to, to kind of throw in the towel. And again, as a young adult and— um, with the family, I, I have certainly found my places in, in uh, moments of anxiety, and, and there have been times to where I found myself at the bottom of the broom bush, and um, you know the good Lord has seen me through that as well. So, so uh, Elijah goes into the mountain region to Mount Horeb, and God takes him in front of uh, this cave, and he's on Mount Sinai, and at the the foot of the cave, God shows him a mighty wind, and when was the last time that? God delivered Israel with a mighty wind, uh, the Red Sea. You know, he departed the Red Sea, and then God shows him an earthquake. And when was the last time there was an earthquake on Mount Sinai? When he got the Ten Commandments. And then God showed him the fire. And when was the last time that the God delivered Israel from fire? That was when he was leading them in uh, the desert. And um, ultimately, uh, Elijah found God in a quiet voice. And what Elijah was trying or what God was trying to tell Elijah that whole time is, you know, you may have found me in those things before. Yes, I have been in those things. I have used those things to deliver my people before, but that's not where I am. I'm always with you. Twice during this journey, this 40-day journey, he asked Elijah, Elijah, what are you doing? You know, you're searching for me, but I think that you for forgot that I just provided you food in the middle of the desert while you're taking this journey. I've always been with you. I've always been here wanting to deliver you. Um, and I'm going to do it in ways that you may not expect. I'm going to go to places that you may not have foreseen me go before. And so um, for me, that would be my topic, uh, leaving room God to do the unbelievable. Yeah, and you, <clears throat> earlier you shared a very key point that you didn't mention this time that I thought, you know, as far as the marriage that, you know, God gives us in Christ, and then he provided you a help meet that confirmed Really, I thought it was a beautiful union of two minds working as one. Uh, yeah, you know, um, any of us who have been married for more than two hours can tell you that usually our best ideas come from our wives, right? And and the, the, the best ones for our life. And, and we had that conversation because, you know, again, I went back to school at 35, 
she had to sacrifice for me to go to school. This was not just a me decision to make. And, and she said, you know, Todd, you're going to be miserable if you do anything else. And she was right. It wasn't about the money. You see, my wife was already at the place to where she knew God was going to deliver us. Like Abraham, she didn't have to know where she was going. God said to go, and she said, okay. And that was the wisdom that she offered me. And by doing that and by us listening to God's will for our family's life, he delivered us in ways that we didn't see that he was going to. Yeah, when we're apprehensive, it's nice to have the help me that says, let's go. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Sam is on the phone with us, I think. Sam, you got anything to say? Well, I do. How are you, Danny? I'm good, Sam. How are you? <laughs> I am good. Uh, so you probably want to update on my word of the year, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's kind of the topic. So, yeah, that'd be nice. Well, you know, I'm not really sure how this what works or how, you know, you, you know this, uh, this whole system goes, so I decided I would check. Well, normally uh, we submit a clip, so I'm not sure what your problem is. I just, you know. Yeah, yeah, I was late with the clip would be the technical thing. I was way, way, way late, but that's okay. I don't need a clip. Um, you know, last year, my word of the year was uh, talent. And what God was challenging me with was to quit hiding the talents that he's given me and to use those. And, and last year, I was very engaged in those, and it was a great year. And this year, he went in a totally different direction on me and gave me the word family. And I think the reason for that was is in order to really do what I did last year and kind of dig into that, there are times that, uh, unfortunately, my family came too far down the, the line. You know, it came after some other things that really it shouldn't come after. And so I think God was trying to, A, get me to recalibrate some things and really focus on family. But then very quickly this year when we were talking about family, I was, I was asking God, I said, you know, all right, obviously I understand my kids, my siblings, you know, things like that. And he said, no, you're not getting it. You need to expand your definition of family. And so what he's really been working with me on over the last probably two or three months is really helping me see the people that he brings into my life, that we have a, an impact on each other's lives, you know, and, and we are family in a lot of ways that would obviously include you guys, well, at least most of you guys, <laughs> it would include it would include you guys, um, you know. But it would also include some coworkers. It would include extended family, or, for example, like this uh, August, I'm going to a baby shower out west in Vegas for my daughter-in-law's brother, who's having having a uh, a child, and so I'm going to go out and spend time with them and and extending that family relationship further, if that makes sense. And so it's been a great year of God just unpacking for me. You know, this is who I tell you your family is, not just who you think it is or what society says. It's who I tell you they are. That's awesome. The uh, family is, is important and sometimes very challenging. So anybody else got anything they want to share? Big Mark, you want to share? Sure, yeah. Uh, well, my um, word of the year is from uh, Wild at Heart, Wild at Heart uh, by John Eldridge. It's on page 151, and uh, John says, um, let people feel the weight of who you are and let them deal with it. 
So, um, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a Yankee or, uh, you know, from Massachusetts or whatever. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a, just a big guy and uh, whatnot. Uh, but um, I, I just, I feel like the Lord is just telling me that, you know, I just have to let people see the real me, you know. And, um, and that's... Uh, you know, we just have to we just have to uh, let the let the light you know let the light shine out. You know, uh, and then another um, verse that I live by is uh, from Psalm 16. Uh, I, I love memorizing scripture. Um, glad to see a brother here that uh, also. Um, so Psalm 16, I uh, I recite it often at night when I'm when I'm laying down going to sleep and stuff and. Uh, um, verse 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. And that's, you know, that's that, that kind of ties in with, uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 10.13, uh, about no temptation. Um no, it does, and you know the yeah. neat thing is the, as I'm thinking about it, the verse after that says, "Therefore, right? Yeah, my heart I'm is glad, glad, but my favorite part of that is my glory rejoices." So, what's your glory? That's that's your halo, man. You got to get your halo on, and that thing is rejoicing. Why? You know, as he goes on to share that one of the greatest lines in all of Scripture, right? You know, you will make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy. At your right hand? Our pleasures forevermore. <laughs> right? Amen. I mean, that is really quite a story. God gave me that. Actually, the year that, my, the year that he gave me the word engage for the year, and the way he engaged me was have me begin to memorize scripture. And the first thing he taunted me with was he knew how much I loved the last verse in the 16th Psalm. But it was like, now, Robbie, you need to know how you get there, right? And you got to go back to the first verse and, and, and come on down. And what a joy that is. I mean, because once, you know, Robbie has no weight, and I'm kind of a big guy too. Until you, right, connect with him, once you have the Lord always before you and he's at your right hand, then all of a sudden, yeah, there's a lot of weight to deal with. It's, it's, it's amazing, man. I love that, Mark. I do. And I, I, I almost as much as I like to hear Danny say Massachusetts. Like, like say it again for us, Danny. Massachusetts. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't live there. I don't know there was right. a tea in Massachusetts, but, you know, according to Danny, there is one there and there somewhere. <laughs> I'm feeling that belovedness yeah. once again. You know what yeah. I mean? I just, that's you know, brotherly love. I see why God wanted to work on this this year. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the, uh, you know, Mark and I go back to a band of brothers we had in Asheboro before I moved up here and joined you guys, and which at times I'm questioning why. Like, you know, um, but, um, you know, we go back a, a few years, and, and he's a big guy, but he's got a big heart. I can tell you that. So um, anybody else got anything they want to share? Well, I can go into my word because I didn't have a clip this week. Oh. I, Me too. Last, last week I was – you know, tracked with my brother Robbie, and he submitted the same clip from Bonanza that, or the same, you know, 
TV show anyway, and not the same clip, but that was good to hear. And then I thought, okay, I'll, I'll be here this week. And then everything got busy, and I never had time to really get to a, a clip. But my word is breaking. And I, I'm still struggling a lot to understand what that is, but a lot of what Mark had to say again went back to breaking the mold. I got to break out of this rut or this uh, paradigm of, well, this is who I am and this is all I can be and be more than that and start to live, live that out a little bit deeper. I've, I'm really, there's about a month, a month and a half in the last six months that I was just, I forgot all about my word. I didn't do anything. And then I was like, Hey, we're getting closer to the middle of the year. So I've started to reel it back in. And that's one of the things I love about having the word of the year is that when you start to hear certain phrases and words, uh, whether it's coming, you know, from reading scripture or from somewhere else, but you just, you have something to go in and keep asking God about, well, where am I? And that's what I'm liking about this because it's, it's making me work and ask and seek and search because this one's been harder. All the other words have really come fairly easily and fairly quickly he shows me something, but this year it's been a lot harder to, figure out what this word means and where am I going and what, what's it going to mean for the, you know, at least the rest of the year and how it fits in with my past as well. You could have used a breakup clip that Andy used because it was breaking. So that would have worked. Breaking something. Harold? Well, I don't have a clip because I guess because had I looked for one, I probably would have experienced what my word for the year is. <laughs> my word is exasperation. And it was very clear to me that God wanted me to have less of it. If you look at the definition, it's a feeling of intense irritation or annoyance, and it can lead to injudicious action. Whoa. It's, being, <laughs> it's being frustrated or angry because of something that is happening. Somebody on the road that don't know how to drive and got their license out of a box of Cracker Jacks. And what do you really think, Harold? <laughs> or in Massachusetts. Or something that another person is doing. So it was kind of clear that my 40-plus years of being the angry old man just wasn't cutting it. And uh, interestingly enough... In, uh, injuristic? How does that word go? Like, man... Injudicious. Injudicious. Get a dictionary, Andy. Yeah, yeah we're about to Google that one. Or just call Jim. Well, well, Harold, we know Is why that... you don't get clips because you know silent movies don't do well on I the think, radio. I, I think when you load the dishwasher for your wife, that's injudicious. <laughs> I, I, see, hear the dishes in it. Injudicious. <laughs> well, um, well. What you got? I forgot the clip too, but my word was check it out. Check. When I was, I listened to you guys online before, and then I knew CBC Carolina Bible Cat. And uh, so I, I came and checked y'all out, and thank God y'all ain't run me off yet. But I look forward to this next boot camp. This is the Truth Network.